Damn, son, where'd you find this? Dirtaplexi. Welcome to the Nerdaplexy Mustache Movie Review Show. In this series, we're going to break down prominent cinematic facial hairs and let you know our Movember musings that we have been stashing away all year. Where we track the trims, hype the hair, and bash on the trash stashes. Joining me, as always, is my longtime blood bro, short time mo bro, and if we weren't blood relative, I would Fu Man choose him to co host any day of the week. It's Dave. I would now like to reenact what I call what happens when a murder goes wrong. If I had one, it was uh, nobody gives a toss about Charlton Heston. <laughs> He's a. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we here at Nerdaplexy alert you to things that, much like a lovely set of handlebars, have been just under your nose. But prior to your sleuth-like Watson-esque deductive reasoning, we wanted to mention that we do not currently have all three mustache tiers, as Reed is having the life of his time moving domiciles and uh, probably cultivating his own lovely lip caterpillar. Hopefully we can get him to weigh in at some point, but we didn't want to leave you guys in the lurch, so we have some a short-term two-hander to bring us through the next fantastic leg of our pod venture. Our first Movember feature is the 2008 film Bronson, written by Brock Norman Brock, with direction and screenplay by Nicholas Winding Refn, starring Brock Eddie Brock, or as most know him, Tom Hardy. I think he might be my favorite actor, Tom Hardy. He's incredible. He can do no wrong. There's never been a bad movie because of Tom Hardy. No. Bad despite Tom Hardy. Right. So we're trying out a slightly different format today. Rather than going through every scene, we'll just mention highest level plot and our favorite scenes and the big hits, we'll say, for this one. What's your first viewing of this movie? Just yesterday. Okay, so mine is today. I literally... Didn't know anything about this movie. I thought it was about Charles Bronson. Not about Charles Bronson. Neither is it about uh, Bronson Pinchot, the guy who played Balky Bartokamus. No. It's so def- you can, <laughs> which I think there could be uh, an argument made for a gritty reboot of Bronson Pinchot's life. Corson Larry Appleton. Thank you. Whenever I think about him, I always think about true romance, and I think about Christian Slater going, uh, do I look like a beautiful blonde with big tits and an ass tastes like French vanilla ice cream? What? <laughs> I always think of the Langoliers when he's sitting there all freaked out ripping paper. Do you think Christian Slater's ass tastes like French vanilla ice cream? I mean, it, he's rich enough that it's probably, yeah. You know, he sits on a throne of French vanilla ice cream, and that always helps get the flavor baked in just right. It does. Hopefully dairy-free. <laughs> so this movie is about Britain's... Most famous, most violent, most dangerous, most expensive prisoner, Mickey Peterson, who, hence the confusion, eventually goes by the moniker of Charles Bronson because of Charles Bronson, the actor. And he wanted to have like a tough guy name for whenever he was doing his bare knuckle boxing. And in this movie, Tom Hardy is equally scary and charming and It opens up with a crazy intro 
of him like greased up, ass naked doing push-ups. Inside of a cage. Weenus out. Cares not about that in this one. You learned the full... Carnal knowledge. Full carnal knowledge. The, f- the full the full <laughs> nine yards. <laughs> well, this is British, so it's more like the full 8.2 yeah. meters. Whatever. He was proud of it, whatever it was. Funny story, since we get to see Tom Hardy kick a lot of ass in this. Very recently, Tom Hardy, the actor, human, entered a Brazilian jiu-jitsu competition. Like a legit Brazilian jiu-jitsu competition and won. Jesus. And the one guy said, like, once he realized it was Tom Hardy who was going up against, Tom Hardy, like, whispered to him, like, pretend I'm not Tom Hardy. (laughs) Just fight me like you'd fight anybody. And, yeah, Tom Hardy whooped that ass. It's great to hear. Although... Maybe he didn't fight him like he was Tom Hardy. But if that doesn't throw you off your game at least a little bit... I might whisper that just to see if it throws anybody off their game. Just pretend I'm not Tom Hardy. Yeah, some people have to just pretend because I look and present exactly like Tom Hardy in almost every way. More in this movie than any because I'm bald. Yeah, well, I'm getting there. (laughs) Well, hey, time waits for no man. (laughs) But this isn't about the hair on top of your head. This is about the hair on the front of your face. This is Movember, y'all, and we care not for those luscious locks above. We look for the ones below, not below, in front. <laughs> well, in this movie, below a little. There's not much to speak of, as far as I could tell. <laughs> and you must admit this one heavily features mustache. They mention the mustache. It's a main character. It should have top billing. I think it does. So this story, as stated, is about a young Mickey Peterson. It starts out he... Goes to jail for like $50 of armed robbery. Maybe even less. It looked like it was about like eight bucks. I couldn't tell and I I wasn't going to make the conversion. It was like three pound 50. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It was a couple sterlings or whatever the hell. (laughs) (laughs) Loonies and toonies. Doesn't matter to me. It was a very short stack of money is the point. But he goes to jail for it. Robbing a post office. As you do. Who has more money than a post office? Banks. Almost anywhere. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but true story, we should say. Also, this is a true story. And if you want to read about this dude, his name now is Charles Salvador for Salvador Dali. He's absolute mad lad. Still alive, still kicking. Probably literally. Yeah, quite literally. Still in prison. But he in prison is constantly fighting people he shouldn't be and earning a reputation he does a funny thing where he, he makes like, you know, prison's a bad thing. Uh, just kidding. It's like going, it's like staying at a hotel and I get to be the biggest, best badass there, basically. So he spends a great deal of time in prison, whooping asses left and right for seemingly no reason. For the fun of it. And th- there's a great interstitial scenes that are like vaudeville plays where Tom Hardy's all painted up and and basically getting to be the narrator for his own story and yeah it's it's all around a very good very good format i would say for what could be considered a rather small story maybe told in like less than 3 paragraphs but it felt larger than life tom hardy has a way of making the character come through the screen i would love to see this as a play just the interstitial parts obviously not the bare knuckle boxing i want to see bare knuckle boxing I want it to be real. I don't want it to be a play. Fair enough. Because he's constantly getting in trouble, they send him to a mental hospital. Guy craps in his hand, wipes it on his face. Pretty cool. Definitely necessary to the plot. Yep, 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 yep. He gets in another (laughs) fight, and then they sedate him. 
but not even through sedation can they keep Charlie Bronson down or still at this point, Mickey, because he attempts to kill a man with a sock. So close. So close. Doesn't quite kill him. If he had killed him, he may have been able to get back to prison, but instead they sent him to another mental hospital for the criminally insane, if they, as they would say it. And there's a cool scene where he one side of his head is painted and the other side of his head is painted like a nurse and he's talking to himself back and forth and that's where he's saying basically like, you know, now I can go to jail because I killed somebody and then he turns his head and the lady's saying like, no, actually he he's expected to make a full recovery so we're sending you to another mental hospital. There is no trial. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> no trial. I assume that that's, all, that's part of the, the true story. I didn't do... Uh, an exhaustive research on this, but some research in the next scene, he shows that, that he led a riot at the new mental hospital, which got him released because he was too expensive. He cost millions of pounds. <laughs> the queen didn't want to play with the Britain's most expensive prisoner anymore. So not back to jail <laughs> out scot-free. And this is where I'm starting to realize that the, uh, the soundtrack is super solid. It's amazing. A lot of like techno and, and like, cool moody beats and stuff it feels like the soundtrack to drive a little bit but mm-hmm. like without being forced like the soundtrack to drive was in the 69 days that mickey is out of jail he sees somebody who he met in prison prior who remarked on his good old punching arms and uh he says you need to have you need to have a different name because you can't have your name you got to have a, a, a fighting name basically and he chooses charlie bronson gets into bare knuckle boxing Knocks a guy out, pees on him. So that's good. He does pee on a man. Then beats up a dog. He fights multiples. Oh, yeah. And yes, then he fights dogs. Then he wants to marry his the love of his life at this point. Allison. They don't get back to the first lady that he married and had a kid with. I, I thought they would revisit that at some point, but they did not. But anyway, this one, Allison, he steals a ring for her to marry her. And she's like, nah, I'm still engaged to somebody else. So like, I really, thanks for the ring. It's a real, yeah, real nice ring. Thank you. But what I really liked about Allison is, is like, she kept him nonviolent as much as she could for that short amount of time. And, you know, he, he seemed to be, um, managing the outside life fairly well until he couldn't get what he wanted, which was Allison. And then he used that as an excuse to go steal a big old ring. And if that worked, good. They could lamb it maybe. But since it didn't work and she still wasn't interested, he figured, I'll go back to jail. That's the place I know. It's time to go back to my hotel. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out why Kazi is a toilet. But it just says that it is, not why it is. <laughs> oh, it's... uh. Variation of Carsi from euphemistic Cockney corruption of Italian casa or house. But why? Home is where the fart is. That's the plan down the Kazi. I want to call toilets Kazi now. Anyway, he's back to jail. He then takes a librarian hostage and this starts his long chain of just taking people hostage. Oh. He loves taking people hostage. He took that hostage and made him put all that vaseline on him <laughs> yes all over his body and <laughs> not in him just on him in my notes i wrote that's his wiener <laughs> <laughs> the librarian's name is andy love which he gets kicked out of uh there's a lot of pps in this movie which i think in, in when well, hollywood is a it's penis per second here it's a high penis per second ratio for this movie yes mm-hmm. after he gets his wiener out and he makes the librarian rub him down he gets put in some kind of art program. 
they have a way of de-escalating this dude. Like, you can let him out of jail after he starts a riot, and then after he makes somebody grease him down and he fights more prison guards. You get to paint now. They put him in an art program. Yeah, he's, maybe you should paint. He paints himself all black and then beats the hell out of the librarian. I see Tom Hardy and I want him painted black. <laughs> But then, like, after he puts the hat he on him, he goes down. He has his penis out, and it's painted to match. <laughs> he puts the hat Maybe on him. you can look away and not have to see his ass. And then he says, this is it's a piece of me. It's not easy when your eyes are drawn to his mustache. It's like kissing a fanny. He does get to draw some lovely, grotesque drawings, and there's, like, a little almost Monty Python-esque animated grotesque drawing scene absolutely loved it so he's he's mad because the prison governor doesn't want to see his art but anyway we're pretty much to the end of the movie they tell you that he spent 30 years out of 34 in jail in solitary confinement jesus he was out of jail and back in since this movie came out which is interesting i didn't know he got out i didn't see that when i was looking this up he got out he got married he's back in no that's probably where he should be. Probably. When this movie came out, there was some issue because they had a recording of his voice oh. at the screening and he was still in prison, so they shouldn't have been able to get that and there was, you know, wondering how they got that. Basically saying like, you know, if I die tonight, so long as my mom likes this movie, then it's a then it's a triumph. And his mom evidently did love this movie, which is wild. His mom's a peach. Seriously. <laughs> Great lady. Final thoughts? Any other thing you wanted to mention about the film before we get into the uh, the end game? Honestly, I think this movie is going to enter my rotation of movies that I watch like once a year. I don't think I can watch it once a month, but I think I, I can watch it once a year. I, I truly thought it was a piece of art. I love Tom Hardy. I've seen this, the picture of him with the big mustache pop up on a couple streaming services. I feel like Canopy, that's one you can get through the library that has more of the artsy flicks and stuff. And I would see it up there and I would think, man, I got to watch that weird Tom Hardy movie because I like Tom Hardy. So how could it be bad? I don't think I was prepared at all for, for what it what really was in this movie. I thought it was literally going to be like a biopic of Charles Bronson. Yeah. I had no idea of what this movie was. That would have been far less interesting, I'm sure. Probably. I don't know what his life was like. Charmed comparatively. Yeah, well, definitely. And you probably wouldn't get to see the guy's wiener even once. And we get to see Tom Hardy's twice. At least twice. I, I, For extended time. Not like a blink and you miss it, Jason Siegel forgetting Sarah Marshall, couple flips here and there, no. No, this is like fall asleep for five minutes and you still didn't miss it. Top build in this movie, mustache. Second build, Tom Hardy. Third build, Tom Hardy's wiener. <laughs> in that order, screen time too. I mean, that's there's no confusing it. What a great film. Do we do the budget, estimated budget here? I have that up if you'd like. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's do that. So the budget for this estimated is 230000 U.S. dollars. Opening weekend for U.S. and Canada, $10,900. But I have a feeling this was an art house release only. The gross U.S., 105000 But the gross worldwide, over 2 mil, 2.3 mil. Did Tom Hardy get a nomination for this? It had three wins and seven nominations. He got a British Independent Film Award, Best Actor. Well, there you go. This is a very British movie. If I had to make any recommendation to somebody watching this movie that isn't British, you need subtitles or you'll die. You might die. Yeah, you'll definitely get a nosebleed. It's not just Doctor Who, like, you can pretty much tell what's going on, like, and they're all kind of, 
the bright, like Liverpudlian, maybe, I don't know, at the worst, but this is like Cockney. This is, hey, this movie is hard Cockney. <laughs> oh, it's hard Cockney. It is <laughs> it seven is. inches of Cockney. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you might think I've watched Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. I can understand accents. No, you need subtitles for this bad man pajama. Certainly. Trivia. When the real life Charles Bronson was moved to Parkhurst Prison in 1976, he befriended the notorious Cray Twins. Ooh. Coincidentally enough, Tom Hardy would later portray both of the Cray Twins in the film Legend in 2015. The Cray Twins are, are wild. I only know about them because of the Smiths. It's insane to me that all of these people have existed in our lifetime. <laughs> if we lived in the UK, these people would be our, like, these people would be our Dahmer. This is how big they are over there. Over here, it's it's harder because, you know, it's across the pond, as they say. Right. Yeah, well, the Cray Twins are dead now, but uh, but they have existed in our lifetime and have crossed paths, which is insane. Nuts. This is the part where we determine uh, who do we like in the movie, who do we not like, who do we maybe like to not like, or maybe who did we not like how much we liked in a, uh, in a section called who's the people that you like and who's the people you don't like and who's the people that you might like not liking or don't like that you liked. I think we need to find a less punchy title. My hero's got to be Tom Hardy. I mean, the guy's the man. Amazing. He always plays such like interesting, insane characters and he always gets these like dual rules in a way. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes more literally like in Legend and this is more... It's like a grounded Venom. Yeah, this is this is Venom. This is the drop. He plays like kind of a mild-mannered guy who's got something of a uh, alter ego. Kind of like this this vaudeville act is very like literally played out in Tom Hardy's career a million times, mm -hmm. where he gets to show this just like dichotomy of his character, or or Inception, where he gets to literally create a different reality, and he crushes it every time. And Venom would be. Morbius if it wasn't for Tom Hardy. You're 100% right. Tom Hardy really put that, and, and it's not even like Gravitas. He put the realism behind something as crazy as Venom. I mean, it's just fun to watch. Yeah. Jared Leto can be fun to watch. Tom Hardy is fun to watch. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, my hero is Allison, the love of Charlie's life here. She kept him as nonviolent as possible. The only people he fought at that point in the in his timeline were people he was paid to fight. It kept him kind of grounded. When he asked her, or he told her he loved her, she was like, well, I am engaged. This has been fun. I, I have a boyfriend. He has a motorbike. He tried to win her over with violence, which is what his downfall back to his hotel was. But I think she tried her best to kind of keep him be normal. I liked her a lot. Solid choice. My villain is Bronson. It's him. But in a great way. He he is a mad lad. He doesn't belong in society. He doesn't fit anywhere. If this would have happened 150 years earlier, they'd have sent him right to Australia. Mm -hmm. He did not belong in this world as far as a free person goes. And it made it very interesting and very strange to watch him be the guy that we're watching. I have to agree. I mean, he's... He's probably not a bad guy. Mm -mm. He just needs help. Yeah. <laughs> so my villain would be like solitary confinement or like Ooh. 
the prison system that breeds violence by disallowing any real chance at a reformation. Who knows what would have happened had he been... Maybe nothing would have helped this guy. But maybe something. The system was set up against him to begin with. Like, the school yeah. was just sort of, like, sending him home to mom. And then he gets locked up for seven years for stealing, like, 20 bucks. Right. Like, the system was fucked up to start, so... He really did his best with what he had, which was nothing. It is what it is, but uh, you know, he probably could have had a chance to do something better. Maybe be an artist. Maybe be that thing he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. He remarks in the beginning like he wanted to be famous, but he didn't know what for. Yeah. <laughs> so he got to be famous for something. <laughs> Nobody remembers somebody who just did okay. Well, uh, speaking of things that are just okay, you should take this opportunity to... It's not a really good segue. No. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of something that's really good, like that segue wasn't, you should go to fleshhorse.com or nerdaplexy.com or anchor.fm slash nerdaplexy or, you know, wherever your podcasts are found. Go get those podcasts, download them, burn one to a CD, mail it to your elderly friends. If you can get it to into the prison system somehow, into their library or something, you know, great. You know, we're all about reformation. Holy shit. If we got an email from Charlie Bronson... You probably could. Nerdplexy at gmail.com. He's probably one of the more attainable <laughs> responses that we've uh, we've reached out for so far. I would not box Charlie Bronson. No. To keep your bit like pristine here, we're not boxing this guy. And so long as we're, we're keeping with the bit, this is where I must ask you this question. Okay. Was this movie good because of the mustache or was it good despite the mustache? Oh, I think even without the mustache... This movie would have been amazing, but the mustache did send it to another level. You're absolutely right. It's an A minus without mustache, A plus with. Yeah, it's an S tier with that mustache. This is like a god movie. <laughs> That's why Sonic really flies. Yeah, right. Doctor Robotnik mustache. I mean, mustaches are important. They definitely make a splash. They make a stash. A must splash. A stash splash. Stash splash. Do we want to talk about the next mustache movie at least? Just so I know what it is. We're going to tell you also what our next mustache movies are. Our? Are? What our next mustache movies are. And I believe the next movie we will be watching is Coma, it's called. I've never heard of this one either. I'm excited. It's got Tom Selleck in it. Oh, that's exciting. And uh, that's a mustache that you need to coma. (laughs) Actually, I think it's about being in a coma. Probably. That, that tracks. <laughs> we tried not to do bummers here, but I looked this one up. Just what, Let me tell you how I looked it up. Please tell me. I went on Rotten Tomatoes. I typed in Tom Selleck. I knew I had to get a Tom Selleck flick. Of course. So then I put the ratings towards the top. This one's a science fiction, not a drama. If it was drama, I skipped those. Oh, this is probably like the dreams in a coma or something then. I have no idea what it is. I think it's a weird thing where this lady is at, working at a hospital and a lot of people are going into comas. Got it. Got it. Whatever, we're going to find out. I've never seen it. I've never I've never heard of it. I know it's got Tom Selleck in it, and it's fairly well regarded on Rotten Tomatoes. That's all I need. Believe it or not, and you would think I normally do chase down anything Selleck-related. Perhaps it's his magnum opus. Oh, okay. I like it. Uh, so after Coma, I believe we are taking on 
the Burt Reynolds classic, Smokey and the Bandit. That I've seen, and I'm excited to watch again. And also, finally, to prove that we're not too old for this shit, we're doing Lethal, Lethal Weapon, Weapon 1. Mel Gibson's mustache, nothing. Danny Glover, on the other hand. Murtaugh? Oh, man. Perfect. More like Furtaugh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. I know what you mean. I'm talking about his mustache and how it... it Resembles fur. It does. It makes up a portion of his face that is not displeasing to the eye. So anyway, if you want to check us out on Twitter, you can check us out. Uh, Reed is at PGH underscore Reed on Twitter. Also on Letterboxd. Reed underscore Nerdoplexy at Letterboxd. He's always putting his own spins. Maybe he'll throw some things on these mustache movies for his Letterboxd. Uh, if you want to check out me, I'm on Twitter at PGH underscore SVH. Very active at retweeting <laughs> me. And also sometimes I'll retweet for a chance to win a Steam key because that's what people want to see whenever they're checking my page out. How's Sam doing? Oh, he's retweeted Wario64 to see if he can yeah, get Sonic Mania. Really great. If you want to check out our social media manager, he is at the face of Dave. Also responds to our at Nerdoplexy pod on Twitter. Hit me up there. Let me know your favorite facial hair themed movie. Or your favorite mustache style. Is it a chevron? Ooh. Is it a handlebar? Is it a Fu Manchu? Are you allowed to call it a Fu Manchu? Yeah, you can. Okay. I, I love a good handlebar, but do hit me up with your favorite mustache. And... As always, we like to close out our Movember episodes with a little mustache fact, and this is a specific to this flick. The real Mickey Peterson, Charlie Bronson, cut off his own mustache to give to Tom Hardy to use as a prop, since he said that Tom Hardy was more like him than he was. That's unsettling. Unsanitary, to say the least. Definitely. Could you imagine getting someone's mustache in the mail? I don't know if it was in the mail or if it was in person. Even worse? <laughs> That's terrifying. That will live with me forever. Thank you for that.